And welcome to episode 357 of the Saturn Studs Podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my uh, hoodlum co-hosts, Peter and Jake. Yeah, it's, it's about the size of it, Kurt. Um, this is, as as we said previously, this is the Magnum edition of the cast. Um, it's 357 Magnum, the biggest gun to ever exist. That's what that's what uh, Dirty Harry said uh, in that movie. I think he had a 44 in that movie correct it's a i think it's he called he said 44 magnum the most powerful handgun in the world uh much which like, at the time i believe was true yeah and then then someone said we're gonna put a 50 cal let's put a 50 caliber bullet in a handgun what could go wrong uh, it's totally a thing not, people are not gonna as much use. as you think yeah other than like the need to wear a reinforced glove to shoot it without breaking your hand. Who shoots, yeah, a, short, deagle? Who shoots a deagle? Shortly after that, all the Presumably YouTube someone. compilations of weak-wristed noobs shooting uh, deagles at gun ranges, giving themselves black eyes, hit the airwaves. <laughs> like, deagles are for holding while you, like, entertain your harem in front of your Saudi Arabian oil kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> Deagles are for the airsoft kids that want to look really cool on the range by buying a a green gas powered deagle and um, you know extra hard airsoft BBs. I wouldn't happen to find any of those things in your closet if I went looking, would I? I wouldn't know. Well, actually, not anymore. So. <laughs> Nor would you find a P ninety that. Oh. You know, it was only purchased because it looked cool and not for performance related. Please tell yeah. me. Oh, please tell me this is You're like, just jealous because you can't P90 no scope. I love yeah. I, I found, I did find the tactical, uh, the, the Deagle 22. The 22 Cal Deagle. <laughs> the 22 cal, cool. cal Deagle shotgun. It's the, um, Wait, the Desert shotgun? Eagle Magnum Light Technical Rifle for only $630. Is Desert? So is Desert Eagle like a brand? I think like so. Like it's a line. Or... Evidently. You know what the best... I found out the, about the best gun uh, recently. And it's the... Um, Assault Rifle 15, no, brother. It's the Smith & Wesson Ring Blaster. <laughs> um, it's the I, Colt Single Action Army, duh. Nah, dog. Because this is the one that you're allowed to use at work. So the, so you, we've all we've all interacted yeah. with uh, the the metals industry. They correct. They need to re- keep their furnaces hot a lot, and you know if you cool your furnace down too quick, you know cool it down, you lose a lot of money and downtime. So instead of taking the extra steps to cool and then clean it up and then heat it like that takes too long and costs too much money so smith and wesson made a gun to shoot the slag out of your furnace it's an it's an eight gauge tripod mounted shotgun and if that ain't the most american thing you ever done heard let me find it damn straight brother you fucking how are the only like the only um 
where is it? Yeah, I guess it's the MP and twelve. No. Um Oh, it's wind not Smith and Wesson, it's Winchester, sorry. Um but it's it the only downside is that it's you know it's supposed to look like an industrial tool and not a gun and even then it's it's pretty close there's so they make a tripod mounted and then they make a um they make the western which is hung from a chain on a tripod <laughs> yes i see it's that I, is uh it's ridiculous quite the interesting <laughs> That one, the the western certainly looks like like a gun. It looks like a you know repeating rifle from the eighteen nineties. Yeah. It's it looks like it's fucking crank fired. Yeah, it's the fucking uh, what's it, who's it? Crowdfunder from Risk of Rain too. Yeah, Do you ever have to use one of those tools that use the uh, the twenty two shells? Oh, like uh, the, uh, you, hit, you hit it with a hammer and it would like blast in a nail. Yeah, yeah. Me and my friends used to just like go around just blapping each other, seeing if we can give another give each other uh, tinnitus. Womp womp tenacity. Womp. Uh, speaking of tenacity and speaking of hearing, hearing problems, problems, um, we're coming at you live as always from the. Uh, Wonderful, beautiful, spotless uh, L.A. Dodgers field um, right. where we are here. Dodgers in Stadium, as it's known to some. Uh, yeah, Crypto.com Arena, if you really feel L.A. Dodgers rink um, <laughs> sports facility, um, which is now in the multi-purpose stage now that uh, baseball is officially canceled. Nobody cares about it anymore. Nobody's playing anymore. We've More moved on people. to bigger and better things. And they've repurposed the stadium um, into a boxing arena. Uh, we are set up in the middle um, as they are getting it ready for the elusive Jake Paul versus Alex Murdoff fight. Uh, really hyped about this one. Um, if Jake Paul loses, Alex Murdoch goes free. So high stakes fight. I'm sorry, I what? really <laughs> thought you were gonna say Alec Baldwin. Jake Paul versus Alec Baldwin. Oh, no. Jake Paul would never take that fight. He'd no, get killed. no, 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 no. It's Alex Murdoch. Murdoch. Murdoch of the Murdoch family dynasty. Um, who was. Convicted of double murder, double mur- for you don't killing even mean double his murder wife off. and son. <sighs> Wait till you find out what's in their closets after what they've done. They've killed a lot of people. Um, <laughs> what, what, I look at. I so I'm looking at this, and the fucking there's an article from People Magazine, and it's where is Alex Murdaugh's dog, Bubba. Well, it was probably something that was mentioned in the Netflix show. Probably. That everyone's yeah. watched. Yeah. There, well, there me. was something along the lines of like, that was a big part of it. That's I think that's where he um, uh, either found the bodies or called 911 or where he was like walking while he while his family was getting slaughtered by some rando who just happened upon these two people and decided to just murk them. As you that do. was his case, allegedly. Well, that was his case. Uh, well, I mean, he's convicted, so he's he fucking he killed his family. So 
And People Nolan. have been wrongfully convicted before. Oh, not this son of a bitch. Not this <laughs> son of a bitch at all. He's fucking horrible, awful human being. Um, they've covered up many murders. But you know what? But Maybe how do you murder. actually feel about him? I think he's kind of cool. <laughs> because, because... It's not I what have, I was fishing for, but... I have a qualifying <laughs> statement for this. I, I should hope so. Um, you know what? He's gotten away with it for a long time. It looks like his he's, eyebrows he's got killed. away with leaving his face. <laughs> yeah, dude, his hair is doing all sorts of shit. Um, and uh, you know he's a good lawyer. He's stolen a lot of money and got away with it. Um, he's a real good criminal, and <laughs> I think that should. There's be something noted. satisfying about watching someone be really good at their job. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we could use he him as a really asset. killed those people. <laughs> Let's. Put him down in China. Let's place him there like a CIA asset. We'll give him like one of those little rice paddy hats so he fits in. And let him go. Let him do crimes and everything. And maybe he'll like topple the Chinese government or something like that. You know? We have to start (laughs) using our criminals more efficiently. We need to put him in a group. Send them to their deaths. Is this some kind of suicide squad? Yes. Amazing, Jake. I, I, um, had no, I had nothing. I'm going to take this to the place where no one's gone before. Yeah. Tray watch. Where the best vantage point <laughs> from which to watch trailers. Hold on. Can we... We're up on the grassy knoll. Can we pause? We have a clean shot. Can we pause? Yeah. Carlos Mencia's full name is Ned Arnell Mencia. He's been fucking duping us with that Carlos bullshit. That's for that's actually amazing in that there are no letters that they have in common. <laughs> His wife and Carlos are mutually exclusive names. Yeah. Oh, well, at least his child is at least Lucas Pablo. <laughs> well, Arnell, I guess, is like a probably a Hispanic. But El- Ned Ned? Oh yeah, oh, Ned. I, uh, <laughs> he really called his kid El Pablo. El Pablo. Well. Um. Oh, and yeah. he's only five eight. <laughs> That's yeah, a height. Mind. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We don't. And, um, <laughs> we don't height shame around here. Trailers. Stop trying um, to progress this shit, Peter. We're 11 minutes in. We got at least nine more. Be, <laughs> Let's get to the 20-minute mark. We only have, like... I want I want to talk about how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem teaser trailer... Can um, we talk about how it's Spider-Verse? Made me feel old. Ha, ha, ha. Is Spider-Verse in New York City? Yeah, this will never they, get old. They, they did it Spider-Verse style, and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. And then I saw uh, from Seth Rogen... And my expectations immediately dropped. And then I watched the trailer, and now I'm I'm not sure exactly where I land. I, the voices don't feel right to me, but I, yeah, this looks really... like it could be all right. Well, because they're actual teenagers. They do sound... They sound younger than teenagers. Oh, my God. Like, all right, so they got... 12? They got... <laughs> yeah. 13? I don't know. 
well, let me see who the is. let me see who the voices are for this one because um, I feel like I've heard them before and I'm looking at the cast list. I, they got Jackie Chan. They got Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Jackie really Chan is Giancarlo not one of the... gets to play. I hope he plays the Shredder. Jackie Chan um, is not one of the one of the teenagers, mind you. Right. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm just going to take a wild guess and say he's going to be Splinter. He's the rat. The rat. He's the uh, that is correct. Of the rats. Uh Paul Rudd um, as Mondo Gecko. We got Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman. Oh. Oh. Jack Chan is uh Baxter, Master Splinter. You know Splinter. I don't speak Spanish. Uh, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Seth Rogen, the permanent teenager and creator of this bullshit, is Bebop. Oh, good, he's Bebop. John Cena as Rocksteady. Uh, Natasha Dimitrov, Wingnut, Maya Rudolph, Cynthia Utram. Ah, Icicle Cube is Superfly, and. Hey yo! Yeah, but who's he bu- playing? I can't leave without my buddy Superfly. Yeah. Hey yo, Eddie Beery is uh. All right. April this is, Um This is perhaps the best one. Um, I'm skipping some because Hannibal Burris. Yeah. Hannibal Burris. Is it? I always forget. Is it Hannibal Burris. Burris. Hannibal Burris is Genghis Frog. Genghis Frog. <laughs> that's that's like perfectly on brand. Why'd you pass up Posty as Ray Follette? Ray Filet? Ray Filet. Post Malone is Ray Filet. Is he a fish? Is, is that a manta ray? I don't know. Maybe he's a giant steak. But in any case, this trailer made me feel old because, like, when they. So this is like their young origin story, right? And they go out on their first heist or their saving adventure. <laughs> and they're like, we're the we're turtles. And they're like, oh, they're like little green dudes. And the one guy's like, yeah, they look like tinier Shreks. And I'm like, wait, no, that's wrong. Because, like, they wouldn't know about that in the 80s. And I'm like, oh, wait. Oh, no. The retro is the 2000s now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Them be- So this is supposed to take place 20 years in the past, which is the 2000s. I'm old. Yeah. The- well, actually, you know, I don't might- think that math checks out, Peter. I think you should run those numbers again because um, just just not right. Can't have been twenty years ago. I'm trying Shouldn't to see if anything it. else dates it. I mean, they have no. They have an iPhone. The fact that I had Shrek on, v, I have Shrek on VHS. Doesn't matter. <laughs> the uh, the sewer plates have NYC sewer and cross hashing pattern, which wasn't developed until 2008 and installed in 2009. So this might actually be more on that this era. Is the mid aughts. But Shrek wasn't ever persistent entity throughout the aughts and, oh, yeah. and teens of the 21st century so um, so yeah like yeah Shrek was released April 22 2001 oh fuck <sighs> holy god dear dear goodness so you're telling me Shrek Orchestrated 9/11. Yes. Yeah. He got away from. I mean, it's not often that we we uncover the plot of 9/11 here on Saturn Suds, um, but I think <laughs> it's this more one like a once a year kind of deal. Yeah. I think I think we got it this time. Where was Mike Myers on September 11th, 2001? I'm sure he was dancing on the rooftops. 
as as the buildings toppled over. Um, yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was screaming out, Donkey! <laughs> Speaking of donkeys, we got a Kong. <laughs> we got a Kong version. You know what? That's fair. Let's um, do it. In the Super Mario Brothers final trailer. Um, okay. I don't... I don't know if maybe I like didn't listen to a lot of it. Um, cause Feels I, probable. I, did are we just not hearing Mario a whole lot? Like his like his actual like the pre, like the preamp the the Chris Pratt voice of Mario. I feel like we're not hearing a lot of that. Like I feel like the most the majority of the speaking is coming from Luigi, Bowser, Peach. Even Donkey I think, Kong? We hear, like, I think they Probably because they wanted to give us, like, shots of all the other characters. Because the last trailer was, like, mostly Mario and some Peach. So they're like, here, here's the rest of the character cast. Um, yeah, so the animation looks crisp, clean, spectacular. The voice well, acting is... you expect Illumination. Yep. The voice acting is also what you would expect from Illumination, which is... We just got some popular people and made them do voice acting. Some yeah. of them are good. Some of them are not so good. But dang it if they aren't all popular. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't... I don't know about this one, Chief. Like, it's definitely not going to have, like, the razzle-dazzle that the Sonic movies have. <laughs> like I've... that... Let's be honest. That special X factor. With video game movies being probably at its peak, like we definitely dipped when Halo came out. Sonic was saving graces. Sonic Two met the expectations, and then Last mm-hmm. of Us. We've just been eaten. We've been fucking eaten, boys. And then this comes out. It's got to be like a valley, or else I don't know. Hollywood mm-hmm. would implode. So I I have kind of been on the this ain't it chief bandwagon for this movie pretty much from the first look we got at it. And um we're obviously going to see it for the show. Yeah. And my 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 hope is that it's better than the 1992 Super Mario Brothers movie. Now there's some strife internally in the group here about exactly how high that bar is um <laughs> peter might tell you it's here uh which the, what i'm doing now is great radio check out the video version on youtube for me it's more <laughs> like here so i think yeah. i think it's got it's got every chance in the world to exceed those expectations but that's my expectation for it is that it it's it's Mar- Super Mario Brothers nineteen ninety two bad and anything above that will be a pleasant surprise. I just don't know what can make this a good movie. I've never been like, I've never seen a trailer and think like, man, if maybe if they like have this one scene where they make him do a cool thing, or you know maybe if it's written really well, I just don't see how this could be a good movie. I I think part of it 
I think the thing that, that gets me on it is that, like, to adapt a video game movie successfully, I think you have to have, at least in some part, like, not a subversion, but you have to take a, a you know, pun intended, a creative leap um, to do something different with it. And Mario is such a tightly controlled brand um, with not a lot of, like... I'm gonna, this is going to be like a hot take. Not a lot of narrative going on. Um, yes, Super Mario RPG people, you can yell at me in the comments. Um, but not a mainline Mario game. Yeah, and not does not seem to be this. If they made the Super Mario RPG, like if they made the Mario movie and used the plot of like Thousand Year Door, okay. Yeah, uh, you got that to, to draw on. But... Yeah, Mario the platformer does not, you know, in the in the entirety of Mario franchise, there is there is Mario games with good uh, narrative and writing. Like New Super Mario Bros. is not that. I think I think what this what what this is accomplishing is it's coming out with a sequel before coming out with the original game, original movie that they should have had. You know, mm-hmm. Sonic did a really good job of making the first Sonic about Sonic. Um, and they didn't clutter it with throwing tails and knuckles and shadow and all of his other, the band of goofy goobers of the Sonic squad Mm -hmm. in there. They just had Sonic and Eggman and then they had some humans. Yep. And it, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like they took with Sonic, they took the creative leap of like, I know it seems like not a creative leap, but like for a video game adaptation, doing the cartoon character in the real world plot is is a nifty way to do that thing but like i don't understand why they couldn't have just had mario do a simple save the princess from bowser or some shit and be like i don't know toad comes along or some shit I, i don't know i maybe that was a more boring movie but like is it a better idea to take luigi and mario throw them into a world of toads led by Princess Peach, and then scoop up Donkey Kong, throw him in the mix, and then have the climax be this giant race on Rainbow Road, just essentially ham-fisting in Mario Kart into it because Mario Kart is recognizable. Doesn't seem like a winning idea to me. Mario is one of those characters that, like so many people have like passing familiarity with that you would think you'd have kind of broad authority not necessarily you'd have a wide channel of uh you know narrative space to explore like you could basically do whatever because people know the characters you don't have to spend too much time establishing who mario is um but this this movie and it it feels kind of space jammy, where it's like yeah. this movie exists. Or Space Jam Two. Yeah, Space Jam Two uh, yeah. exists to advertise our other products, um, and there's a barely barely functional movie around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. I, yeah. I, I I just agree. There's. We could kind of dance around the same sort of point for a long time on this but like yeah that's the gist of it is 
Um, it's not using any of the the narrative strengths that do exist in a lot of Mario properties. Um, I'll say a good thing about this. Jack Black still seems really funny. And when he went to go promote it on the um, one talk show that... what I forgot what her name is. She was some hmm. singer that won on American Idol, and then like somebody gave her a talk show. Kelly um, Clarkson? Yeah, that would be my Kelly guess. Clarkson. Yeah, I think it was Kelly Clarkson. Um, Jack Black went out in a, in a Bowser like onesie, and right. uh, they had to blur his crotch when he got up on stage. I just thought that was really cool that they blurred his <laughs> the outline of his cock and balls, I assume. Uh, maybe he was horned up. It was coming into his own as a furry, but standards and practices had gotten his mega mushroom, (laughs) his his mystery block. Hey, who amongst us haven't hasn't had a tip slip? You know, his red shell, (laughs) red rocket, more likely. (laughs) His bullet bill. (laughs) (laughs) That's not bad. This bullet. Uh, speaking of bullets, many were shot, and the trailer for Ghosted, uh, an Apple Plus, uh, Apple TV Plus original movie reuniting Knives Out co-stars Anna De Armas and Chris Evans for a rom-com action movie, kind of in the same vein as. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I guess. Yeah, kind of that that vibe. My super like... ex girlfriend, kind of that sort of vein, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, I I it it's it is a kind of it's a cute little uh, yeah, premise. Yeah, it, it's a cute premise. Um, Chris Evans meets this girl he really likes, and uh, she seemingly ghosts him, but he's he's so uh, down bad. Yeah that he goes to London to visit her. It turns out she's a CIA operative and he finds himself in the middle of some sort of operation and, you know, hijinks ensue. Um, it doesn't look bad. I expect it to kind of be every Apple TV Plus movie, I guess with the exception of Coda that I've seen so far, kind of hits in this, you know, like 6 out of 10 sort of range. And that's kind of where I expect this to land. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you have Apple TV Plus, uh, it seems like this will be a decent thing to watch. Yeah. I mean, they, it's, I don't know. There's funny kind of interesting and nice that like Chris Evans and Ann Armas are like in stuff and they like together. Not as like, I don't know. I'm, it's, I'm getting into a weird place here. <laughs> you like the on-screen pairing. Yes. I like the on-screen pairing, and I I just generally enjoy it when there are groups of actors who find, like, other actors that they like to do movies with. Like, the whole fucking... Uh, um, uh, who's... Uh, Owen Will... Uh, the, who does the quirky movies? Wes Anderson. Who, yeah, like the fucking Wes Anderson crew or the Quint- the Quentin Tarantino crew. The Scorsese like, crew, yeah. 
yeah, the Scorsese crew, the Lynch crew, you know, just those those stables of actors. Um, and this isn't, I don't know who the director is. Uh, Dexter Fletcher, who, this, oh one my of the things God. they... What an amazing name. What yeah. the fuck? Uh, let's see. He, I mean, when I looked him up, his known for was Rocket Man, so he might have directed Rocket Man. Let's, let's see what he's got. Uh, director. Okay, so he's he's directed five movies: uh, Wild Bill, Sunshine on Leith, Eddie the Eagle, Rocket Man, and The Offer. Um, and then he has two upcoming ones: Sherlock Holmes three. Oh, they replaced Guy Ritchie. Interesting. Okay. And Ghosted. So he seemed all right. So he seems like one of those directors that they they uplifted to go produce big movies or help direct big movies. Yeah, he's been a producer on Bohemian Rhapsody, so he's got experience with you know kind of big pictures. I'm interested to know who exactly because they advertised in the trailer um, that uh, it's from the brains of Deadpool. And I don't, yeah, I don't see, yeah, who I don't see anyone here who worked on on Deadpool. Um, yeah, let me. uh... Not to objectify Chris Evans or anything, but like, he seems a lot smaller now that he's not being Captain America. Which you know, good for him. He's able to like. It's hard. It's probably natural body type. Yeah, it's hard to eat enough to maintain that kind of mass. Yeah. It's Rhett Reese, one of the writers who wrote for, he wrote Deadpool, uh, not three. Yeah, Deadpool and Deadpool. He's one of the credited writers on both of them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for comedy action chops, that's. Yeah, it's up there. He's one of two writers on Deadpool and one of three writers on. Oh, Deadpool two had the same writing team. They just gave Ryan Reynolds a writing credit as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, Eric Summers did the Spider-Man movies. Then Paul Wernick was also on Deadpool. So yeah, all right. So quippy superhero action movie writing team coming to this um, rom-com action. Paul Wernick also uh, wrote Zombieland. And so did Red Race. They worked together on Zombieland. <laughs> so this looks, I mean, all science and point Zombieland to this being too, yeah. a, like, a competent and enjoyable movie. If you look at the credits of, of Red Race here, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of things that uh, kind of are similar or give you uh, hope at least. Yep. Um, so yeah. And it gives you hope so that no hard feelings can take your hope away. Um, uh, yes. My my joke for this is at the actually trying to date J- Jennifer Lawrence simulator. Um, oh, I completely thing, missed this one. The one thing I'll say about Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like uh, she's like gotten typecasted. Yeah. As like a one note character. That is, and don't get me wrong, I I think she's pretty good at what she does. Her role in Silver Linings Playbook, 
Um, even even to an extent, the Hunger Games like they're mm-hmm. pretty good, and he was a she was a really good uh, Raven um, in X Men. Uh, she played Mystique in X Men, and she was or, terrible. Yeah, no. <laughs> she was okay. Jake, was fine, whatever. You can't. You, this can't happen to you. This is me, Jake. <laughs> no, I I think wasn't her like like her her non superpower name Raven or some of that. As like a kid, if it that's, is, what, that's you why got Raven. Because X Men heads solve this for us. Because yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence played Raven slash Mystique. Um, that's what because uh, Professor X kept on calling her Raven because that's how he knew her as a kid. Whatever. Anyways, okay. that aside, it's just every time it's like she just it's like annoying for her to be there. It's like. We're watching her just feel extremely inconvenienced all the time. Yeah. And that's that's what I got throughout this movie. As she's inconvenienced to go fuck a nineteen year old to get well, a a car. <laughs> in in some respects, I feel like she's having more fun with this than I've seen her in anything anything for really. Like, um... Well, I mean, don't look up. I feel like she did it, you know, that was a role she wanted to She didn't to do. do as many, like, silly shenanigans, though. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, okay. the crawling around on all fours and acting like a goofball. That's stuff that I haven't really seen her it do in any of her other roles. Um, so, you know, as much as she kind of seems overacting, like... Not like overacting in the way that Jeremy Irons overacted in the Dungeons and Dragons movies, but like she's over the concept of acting. Um, as much as that appears in most of her movies, this one felt a little bit different. Yeah, because there's you know definitely a more comedic slant to this. What was the? It was, I don't know if it was like a '90s commercial or like an episode of Malcolm in the Middle, but like it's the kid having the daydream about like the sexy lady coming in with like. You know, Game Boy games and chocolate cake. <laughs> Fuck, I, yeah, I got. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put this into my fucking search bar. But this is. It's kind of like American Pie esque. It's that same kind of vein, the raunchy comedy that we don't get as much of anymore because they stopped being profitable to release in movie theaters. But streaming might be bringing the genre back, for better or for worse. Depends on your yeah. opinion on those kinds of movies. There we go. This is I don't know what I don't know what this was from. You sure found it though. <laughs> I just typed in little boy Game Boy chocolate cake. Little boy Game Boy chocolate chocolate cake Game Boy and me. Was this an ad for a Game Boy? <laughs> I have to imagine. I'm, That's awesome. I'm just like Scrubbing the comments here for any insight. Um, this is like but... an episode of a TV show. It, it's baffling me. So I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so it wasn't from an episode of a TV show. Yeah. Oh my god, the fucking the insinuation that like, like an adult woman is exposing herself to an underage kid is like. 
Dude, the 90s and early 2000s were a strange fucking time to be alive. I mean, How did we make it through it? There are, there are quite a few women who went to prison for doing exactly that. So. Well, <laughs> there were... Um, what was it? I was uh, listening to like this thick, Justin Bieber was in like the news for something and um they recapped a lot of the shit that he had to go through going growing up through like fame and being like an underage kid growing up in Hollywood so many times on live television live radio they were just like hey little boy have you fucked anybody can i be your first hey i got that bieber fever let me touch his butthole would love to get me some of that beebs and then just blatantly saying, yeah, he's underage. I'll rape him. That's fine because I'm a hot lady and I've got I'm that gonna, Bieber I'm going to break into the Bieber bunker. <laughs> I'm going to break that Bieber out of his fucking Bieber that zone. That Bieber bussy. <laughs> I'm going to grab me some Bieber bussy. going to crack open that dam. <laughs> that bee bussy, dude. Got to break me off a piece of that Bieber bussy. And I was like, bussy, 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 no. Oh, it's just, it, I was just like, this was broadcast. People didn't apologize because there was no platform to apologize on. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know, I was like, it's just fucking weird. Um, I don't know if the woke mob is getting to me or whatever, but uh, sure starting to he, sound like it. Hashtag he too. Hashtag he too. I'm all for this little kid, this 19-year-old kid, just fucking saying, hey, I'm asexual, respect my fucking boundaries, get the fuck away from me, and fuck you parents for trying to buy me off or buy a hooker to fucking Jake, slobber on my knob. Through, through the course of this movie, they'll, they'll find mutual respect for each other, and then they'll end up in a platonic friendship. Yeah, and then and then the secret will come out that her... The parents like bought her, and that's why she's in it in the first place. And he's gonna reject her because he he feels played. And then she's gonna be like, "But wait, you're actually a really good kid. And Let's then... actually fuck, but not for a car." Um, what was the uh, what was that movie last couple years back? Licorice Pizza. Uh, yes. Same same same, vibes. same sort of thing. Yeah, um, can be creeps now too. Now we have the Matthew movie. Broderick here. You know, he's got to prepare for. The Book of Mormon, <laughs> the the musical adaptation, because yeah. that's totally coming, and he's totally gonna be in it. So he's, did they say he's this kid's like nineteen in this? It's a nineteen year old kid. Yeah, because like he's he needs to go to like he's needs to go to college still. Why is there so much promotion of like underage drinking and being like, oh, you haven't had a Long Island iced tea? What? How am I going to get you drunk and rape you, dude? Are we going to pretend what? like we were saints who never drank before we were 21? I, yeah, I'm this not is saying a, this that. This is a rated R kind of feature. But it's just like... I don't know. It just gives me an icky vibe. No matter oh, I mean, what you movies, are. The premise of like that J- Jennifer Lawrence's cool character yeah. like getting giving alcohol to a minor to loosen him up to have sex with him in return for a car. Look, if Wonder Woman 1984 has taught us anything, it's that when a woman does rape, it's okay. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> True. Yeah. Don't talk about oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. It, it, you know, 
If I mean, she was she was what a thousand years old, and how, that guy that he shoved Steve, uh, yeah, Chris Pine's it's, character into yes. was what twenty. So the fucking the age difference there, boys. I like Someone, to think that that <laughs> was like a shallow Hal situation. Where, yeah. <laughs> where she just saw Chris Pratt, but everyone else saw the, the random Pratt. dude. Chris or, Pine, yeah. Sure, Chris Pine, yeah. The other P. <laughs> the other Chris P. The other Chris P. Sorry, I got two actors whose names begin what with about, like the same six letters. <laughs> you <laughs> forgot about the third Chris P, which is Chris uh, Parnell. The, no, what? the famous pig, Chris P. Bacon. <laughs> actual, actual well, factual pig name out there. Look, I, I don't want to go too like uh, critical on this movie. It looks like it does look like a fun movie, um, and it, it it actually does look pretty decent. Um, and it's got a lot of good actors, Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Lawrence. I hope Matthew Broderick isn't like just one and two and done, and he's actually used throughout the movie. But because he's the dad, so I think he's he, trying to get that David that wig. David Duchovny gig. Exactly. Yeah, it's like David Duchovny's role. Have a couple good solid lines to be like, yeah, that's right. I still exist. <laughs> that check clears on the first hey, and fifteenth yeah. of every month, brother. <laughs> hey, just like in yes. bowling, if you hit a Brooklyn, it all looks the same up there on the score scoreboard. I don't even know what a Brooklyn is. You know what, Jake? I'm gonna we're gonna need this slang for when we go bowling. <laughs> I think pool is gonna win out though. When you are a right-handed bowler and you bowl a strike that hits on the left side of the head pin. That is what you call a Brooklyn. It is not hmm. the pocket. It is um uh it is a it's just some usually a messy looking strike and can often leave you with bad breaks. So you don't want to hit it, but every now and then you get a strike on that side and you feel pretty solid about yourself. And you're like, hey coach, don't make me do push ups because I missed the head pin. <laughs> Or miss the pocket, rather. Push-ups Jake, will greatly improve your you, bowling. <laughs> could you just publish, like, a 10-minute audiobook that's you just talking bowling to us? <laughs> like, I want you to tell me about, like, the pro patterns. Just describe all the pro patterns. Oh, the pro... I don't know I don't know the pro patterns like, by heart, but, like, like the what, tiger like scorpion. and shark. <laughs> yeah, they're all named after, like, animals and stuff like that. I know, I know like, the oil, like, is usually heavier on the, like, outside... And the inside, mm-hmm. I think the length just differs. I didn't get a little talk, wonky sometimes. Talk to me about core balancing. I don't know. They just usually bowling companies will just pick a shape and then name the ball after it. Not. Yeah. Then they. I. I feel like I don't know if there's any science into it. I think they're just like, hey, this would probably sell well if we slapped it on the surface of a ball. <laughs> I love when they take a bowling ball and put it inside another bowling ball because it's all homogenous material. It's like when you crack open a cheap dice and there's another dice in there. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so good. It's my kind of bowling. I can talk to you about how the um, the USB-C um, uh, outlawed the uh, bonus hole on your ball. Uh, you can't have a counterweight hole that is just okay. a, a straight hole that's drilled in for like weight balancing. Um, and like it kind of screwed over a lot of people that had that already in their ball. 
Um, and then they had to like basically just force to get it plugged, and it's a real hassle for the community. Because heaven yeah, forbid you be unable to com compete in a USB. I, I have a counter. I have a wait, tournament. Jake. Do you have your USB, your USB C card? No, but I have. Um, all my patches are in my car. I think because my bowling balls are in my car. There's patches for your denim Jake, jacket. I need you to wear the polo with all the patches on it. Um, I want it. I need it to be a Hawaiian shirt. With all of your bowling. If packages. you sign up no. for a, if you sign up for a sanctioned league or anything like that, something that's sanctioned, and you pay the extra money, you get like put into a pool where if you like get a over two hundred game, over two fifty, you they just start sending you shit, and you get like pins and patches. It used to be that if you bowled a two ninety eight, two ninety nine, or and a three hundred, you would get a ring from the company, but now you just get the opportunity to buy the ring, which is fucking lame. Damn, gotcha. Inflation, Damn, brother. In my bowling league. Yeah, right, I but... think somewhere my dad's ring is... Uh, I have my dad's ring. Ignore everything Peter just suggested. What you need to do, Jake, is you need to get yourself a denim vest, and you need mm. to put all the patches on it and stand out in the middle of the desert like Neil Breen and Double Down. Yeah. I want I want a lot of patches. I I've always dreamt about having like a biker denim jacket, like with a big old patch that has like letters above and below, and like a unit number. You're I, already, I to, you're already planning like, out your midlife crisis. <laughs> like I want. You gotta start we, early, Kurt. We could start a merch line and just be like Saturn studs. Your 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 uh muscle car that compensates for your withering dick. You need to get your advance payments down on that. We That's could an we could start a merch line, and then but that would require the, people who would buy the merch. <laughs> we'll buy it, <laughs> and then the and then the ring around Saturn is a cobra because we we do a lot of Cobra Kai shit. Um, and we can just we can put a little goofs and gaps in there some. Can of tuna, some little boars. Sell just as long as we sell ninja Boar. headbands, I'll be down. That say just headbands that say ninja on them. Ninja, uh, ninja, yes. absolutely. I want to be ninja. Oh, that's a that's a deep cut, kids. Kids today won't understand. You ever just they can't even navigate ninja? a file a file explorer. They won't know about those deep cut beam. They're like, whoa! You have physical save buttons. Yes. What yes, is what is guitar? That's a floppy disk. <laughs> Cut and paste? What the fuck? I don't you didn't even give me scissors. What is that? I only know control C and V. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing is that when our so when we're the elder generation, like the home you know, homework homework movies too will be safe. The kids of tomorrow won't understand how to get to it. Report <laughs> It'll all be report homework final movies special. My three point five terabyte homework for some folder. <laughs> Can you imagine a day where like googling things is kind of like phased out? Like people just like have a instead of a Google button, there's just a Chat GPT button. You just <laughs> type in a prompt. Look and up. then the internet, like the internet, no longer works. Like because you're just gen like the Chat GPT just generates all the content right on your phone. And you don't need to connect to anyone. Yeah. The problem with this scenario is it implies that Bing wins something. <laughs> he's been he's been biting. It's his gonna time. be Bing chilling. Everybody, <laughs> Bing everybody, chilling. everybody dismissed Bing because it was Microsoft and not Google, and then they found out they could like look up fucking 
they could like, simulate porn scenes and cat videos on chat gpt and they could run a dungeon and dragon campaign for you speaking from experience jake you uh, said somebody did dave looked it up and um it ran it pretty well in at first and then it started like fucking up like halfway through like he tried to do a combat scene and like halfway through he like it like went through it once properly which was surprising mm-hmm. um and then it started mixing up the turn order and everything and it was like i i'm making up my new my own rules mm-hmm. from D, so it's got to be trained better yeah um but we've trained you to watch these trailers uh yes. and now we have to now we have to talk about money so we're just gonna move on yeah. to our next segment this, the spotlight the follow-up the f- in which the spotlight resides that's how that goes yep doing great fucking um, knocking it out of the park today gentlemen so in a rare a rare occurrence on this show um the movie that opened number one this week is what we happen to be reviewing uh for weekend nine of 2023 covering march 3rd through the 5th creed 3 took the weekend with a 58.3 million dollar opening in just a hair over 4,000 feet or so pretty much everywhere um mm-hmm. for united artists uh, and that's enough to unseat unseat Antum, antimania quantum man yeah ant-man and the wasp quantumania drops another 60 percent after dropping 70 percent last week it's already being shepherded out of 520 theaters three weeks in 12.8 million dollars um only 456 million dollars worldwide and i say only that's a good respectable amount of money and i'm sure it, it it's turned a profit or is very close to doing so but uh compared to the expectations for the big kickoff of marvel's next phase of cinematic nonsense uh probably pretty disappointing yeah um so i guess i mean the it's still on like the the timing is you know it's still up anyone's game whether it's going to be six or eight weeks because it's already fallen and usually from these we see it falls about one spot a week until it gets to like it drops two or three in the middle and then it kind of closes out slowly so i i don't know it could it's still anyone's game the fact that it's lost so many theaters in just its third week uh, does not give me hope <laughs> that it's going to be much longer for that world. Um, it's still fending off stiff competition from Cocaine Bear, which, um, yeah, the word of mouth, I guess, wasn't great on that as it lost 52.1% uh, week yeah. over week, but that was still good enough for $11.1 million. I have to imagine it's made its money back. I I would think so. Uh, total gross yeah. worldwide is at $56 million for Cocaine Bear. Uh, something called Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yabiha to the Swordsmith Village. Which I guess was three seasons of three episodes of the next season rolled into one movie. Actually, I believe, based on the research I did for the IMDb user reviews, it is the last two episodes of the second season and the premiere 
of the third season. Yeah. It's like only one episode. It's one new uh, episode. It's like one new episode, so it's like a, a lot of recap. On top of that, I think they also just like copy and pasted the things in there. So you had to sit through three different openings and two credits <laughs> until you got to the end of the movie. They couldn't even edit that shit together. Somebody, I think I'm, I'm like nine hundred percent positive. Somebody was like, I nine hundred percent. Oh my god! I was like when- forced to watch two separate cutscenes and three openings of of the anime. To, like, like watch this movie. Are and you like, sure that when the projectionist didn't try to start the movie, it get, it got a pop up because they're fucking downloading the whole thing off like kick ass anime? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, they had to log in the Crunchyroll before the uh, before the yeah, showing. The theater, yeah, this one guy just had a a bootleg version where they just grabbed the thing and splice it together in a Windows the fucking watermarks in the corner. <laughs> Unregistered hypercam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god um uh kids don't know about fourth that kids <laughs> yeah it's good enough for fourth 10 uh, point shout out to a five out of ten review because we were looking at this as a possible spotlight this is not the spotlight um this five out of ten which was like uh confused <laughs> gave it a five out of ten haven't seen it <laughs> it's and never stopped our kind, boys before. you know that's the excellence i i expect from anime reviews it's like that famous uh, article, Earthbound's biggest fan, excited to play it for the first time. <laughs> uh, that's a good one, because a lot of people who gush over Earthbound have never actually played Earthbound. <laughs> and probably, if they did, wouldn't like it. <laughs> um, but no, uh, in fifth is our spotlight film this week, Jesus Revolution. Uh, from Lionsgate in the second week. $8.5 million, down 46.4%, despite opening in 100 more theaters, and it's only playing in about 2,500. Um, it's the Jesus Revolution. Does, has Jesus come back? Does he walk among us? Only Kelsey Grammer can tell you. Um, and to relay what Kelsey Grammer has said in... A bizarre game of telephone, much like the Bible. Um, I have here John Canonic. <laughs> lots and lots of N's and H's. John Canonical? Sure. Uh, 10 out of 10. Jesus Revolution. Real A list, uh, in quotes, for those of you not watching the video version. Um, I did read through this a little bit, and it reads to me. Like a uh, chat GPT write a review of Jesus Revolution um, that, like Jake's D&D campaign, starts out strong but slowly breaks down. (laughs) Here we go. Great trip to Movies 223. Kelsey Grammer and Jonathan Rumi provide foundation for this very well done film on the Jesus movement. It shows that Christians are not perfect and that life is rough, but there is an answer to the questions of life. There is a balance of character development when Greg and Kef become prominent in the telling of the early days of the Jesus Revolution. It's a beautifully filmed in soundtrack and had some iconic 60s songs that supported the themes being developed just 
desperation and search for truth. Even when life gets messy, there's so much in this film that those who seek truth will find it. <laughs> 91 out of 116 found that helpful. Beautifully B-filmed. <laughs> B-filmed. Like, no spaces, filmed. all one word. Beautifully, the letter B, and then filmed. As they hit B instead of spacebar. Space, yeah. <laughs> Beautifully filmed. We've got nothing sacred. Is nothing com. sacred? Nothing sacred.com, maybe? Maybe they couldn't put a dot in there? A lot of guys have that problem. Um, anyways, nothing sacred.com says, smells like teen BO. Okay. What are done? From Lionsgate. And this, this accent will. So they'll come to understand the Mr. Soon. The Mr. Mackey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, from Lo- from Lloyd's Gate. Um, so do you comes the latest money grabber, Jesus Revolution, starring Casey Grammer and a flock of nobodies. He's directed by some guy whose only claim to fame is directing a lot of these uh, inspirational faith-based money-making flicks. Okay. Um, sadly, I must warn anyone with an ounce of common sense and or diabetes <clears throat> to avoid this film. It's an overdose of cotton candy that will leave normal folks trotting for pot. Okay? And may result in permanent incontinence. Mm. Here are the film's themes in order of appearance. It's a great choice mm-hmm. of voice for this review. <laughs> Aging is bad, okay? Drugs are bad, okay? Parents are dumb, okay? Pat Braley's spirit is the really only thing in the world, okay? Bathing and shaving are bad, okay? What else do we get, okay? Churches are dying. This is the only observation that's valid, okay? Rock music will save churches, okay? It didn't turn them into carnival megachurches for single hookups, okay? Sadly, these folks who enjoy giving trillions of dollars to faith-based con men will love this film like a mighty wind, okay? They will gobble up the sugar and call it manna, okay? For those like myself who are actually in the Jesus Freak movement uh, during the 60s and 70s is a painful reminder of just how gullible and naive we were back then, okay? And then we conned ourselves into believing because it made us feel high, okay? High on teen spirit would have been a good title for this film, okay? For younger viewers, don't believe a single second of this silly hogwash, okay? It wasn't like that. It was never like that. And, okay, it's still not like that, okay? Spend your money on something else, okay? 54 out of 193 found that helpful. Don't fucking tell me what to do, man. (laughs) That was the longest Mr. Mackey bit I've ever done. That was so good. I am, like, picturing... So, that that whole review... I was picturing him like in suit and tie on inside the actor's studio <laughs> delivering that with the black with the black curtain background and he's like sitting cross-legged like in his in his nice chair just delivering that entire review straight to the audience. And 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 just to to clarify as to uphold my journalistic integrity the MKs uh were not included in here that was just an artistic touch. 
uh, to make it my own. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you you always have had high standards of journalistic integrity. I do. You would never do yeah. something like uh, award a movie you'd never seen Best Picture. <laughs> now, award a movie, okay, Best Picture does not necessarily mean you need to watch it, okay? You can, you can understand the breadth and uh, meaningfulness of the movie, okay? I generally find it's helpful. Oh my god, Mr. Mackey. To see you it. have to watch the movie to give it a rating. <laughs> you well, can't maybe just... just a little maybe just a little bit of pot first, okay? And then... <laughs> was that what was that episode where he started like his head just popped off and started floating away? Oh, that was like an early one. And then they then they uh they, they found out that he loosened up his tie and his head <laughs> like went normal size. <laughs> Dude, I fucking lost it. Oh my god, so good. <laughs> Peak comedy right there. That's I'm definitely gonna forget about it. Oh. Um, yeah. So, not you know we're we're gonna we're gonna come down from this uh for, to Armando Manuel Pereira her per Pereira um Pereira okay <laughs> five out of ten um starts off compelling and fairly enjoyable then progressively becomes boring and pointless my sister uh, my sister who is a christian believer asked me to go with her to watch this film at a theater i was open to it though i realized it might be no better than other faith-based films i'd seen as it turned out it was slightly more better partly because of the production values and partly because some of the actors were decent the thing is though I found only the first half really compelling, or only that part of the film where Frisbee is the main focus. It was just so fascinating to see a movement birthed that promoted simplicity and love, as as opposed to the sterility of the organized church. When the focus shifted halfway through the movie to the character of Greg Laurie, it slowly became less entertaining, and finally boring and pointless, as if things were becoming sterile all over again. I gave the film 5 out of 10, because it's about half decent, half flaky, one out of nine. Well, they can't fault the logic. He actually, I mean, com, you know, commendations to the man for giving it the review that he gave the stars for. Yes, that that is not something you can take for granted. <laughs> um, we have to celebrate where we see it. We read now from uh, the book of Luca M.G., uh, verse 985, or chapter 985, verse 27. Uh, Jesus Revolution, 10 out of 10. Uh, this is a long one, so strap in. Jesus Revolution, in quotes, the holy grail of movie awesomeness. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to strap yourselves in and hold on tight because I'm about to give you the most epic movie review of all time. I'm talking about Jesus Revolution, the movie that will have you jumping out of your seat with excitement and singing hallelujah at the top of your lungs. This movie is a cinematic masterpiece that has it all, from awe-inspiring cinematography to goosebump-inducing soundtrack. Jesus Revolution is a roller coaster ride of emotions that will have you laughing, crying, and shouting amen like your life depends on it. It's the do I want that in my movie going experience? I never sh I I why would I shout amen like my life depends on it? When is my life going to depend on me shouting amen? I really don't want to have the feeling that my life depends on me doing something. 
Um, it's the kind of movie that leaves a lasting impression and you'll find yourself thinking about it for days afterwards. But it's not just the technical stuff that sets the Jesus Revolution apart from other films. It's the story. Folks, <laughs> this movie tells the terror of a group of hippies who find God in the most unlikely of places. It's like if Woodstock and the Bible had a baby and that baby was baptized in a river of pure awesomeness. But here's the thing, folks. This movie isn't just about entertainment. It's about changing lives. It's about making a difference in the world. It's about finding light in the darkness, the hope and despair, and the laughter and the tears. So grab your friends, grab your family, grab your pastor, and go see Jesus Revolution. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll pray in 90 minutes. It's time well spent. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not how it ends. <laughs> it's you'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll leave the theater feeling like you've been saved. <laughs> 19 out of 33 found that helpful. And I stepped up, and I crumpled the kid. <laughs> when are you going to stop playing games with God? <laughs> just crumpled it. I just love that 40-year-old pastor, like bragging about how he was able to level a preteen boy with a sucker punch. <laughs> using, using like, it's the, the least godlike sentence. Using the, the verb crumpled anywhere outside of, like, a piece of paper is, like... Or, like, automotive safety. Yeah, cr yeah, crumple zone. Yeah, there's, like, two places that it works. It's like, yeah, that makes sense. It's a good descriptor. And then you're just, like, fucking crumpling a kid. Like, if I hear an announcer during, like, a boxing fight say that, like, Jake Paul crumples Alex Murdaugh, <laughs> I'll lose it, dude. I'll lose it. You know Murdaugh ain't got, like, that physical defense. He's only got that right hook to save his face. Oh, and J Jake Paul crumples Alex Murdaugh. You want to talk about no defense, watch a Jake Paul fight. My God. <laughs> that guy will never beat a real boxer. <laughs> Hell, what do you mean? He's folding he's like so a paper fan here at <laughs> here at PetSmart Dog Biscuit Dog Biscuit <laughs> Arena. PetSmart Dog Biscuit online hotels.com brought to you by Pornhub Gambling Pornhub Crypto. Stadium. <laughs> Pornhub Stadium. They have submitted several bit bids for stadium naming nice. rights. <laughs> That'd be fucking lit. I would I it's would the, the blacks.com winter arena. <laughs> <laughs> German Googles dot com arena. I'd ask for you to elaborate, but I really don't want to know. It's a, it's a real one. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they it just is. abbreviated as Triple G. But I. Uh, <laughs> I have some ones I could throw in too, but I don't want to out the kind of stuff that I watch. Oh, I'll, I'll out it. I'll <laughs> Come and catch you day. live from the Goatsy Extreme Sports Complex. <laughs> Secretlylemonparty.com has had a fucking bag under its Lemon belt. Party Center. Lemon Party Performance Center. There's like there's like a there's a Foreign Arts Center, yeah. <laughs> there's just like an ad banner that is just raking them in money at like so much cash over the past two decades. <laughs> <laughs>
all of this in a movie about Jesus, folks. So. Don't worry, we're going to get to the one out of ten in a second. Okay, we got Peter Body over here talking about what a crappy retelling of a non-story. In this movie, the only thing worse than the acting is the writing. <gasps> An upsetting propaganda film that attempts to rewrite history of the Protestant church in America. <laughs> no one wanted or needed this movie. And the messages that it poorly attempts to make... Pal- to make palatable... Uh, sorry, that was my, my fucking dumb brain just doing what it wants to do. Uh, no one wanted or needed this movie, and the messages that it poorly attempts to make palatable are offensive, to say the least. The messages that LGBTQ people need to be uh, saved is a harmful message. Oh, this has woke. That has been proven time and time again to lead to suicide. It also doesn't work. It's fraud. This movie is a self-serving fantasy of how Christians like to see themselves. But in reality, this movie, much like the church, ends up harming more than it helps. I know I'm Alex Jones. 16 out of 69 found that helpful. You know what? That guy, that reviewer, he can't convince me that Charlie from The Whale wouldn't have been cured of his obesity had he simply prayed the gay away. Yeah. You know, or pray pray the fat away. You know, pray those meatball subs away. (laughs) They're dangerous. They'll get you. (laughs) He is... He is the, the liposuction at the, of the world. Uh, that was Revelations chapter 4. Now The meatball subs will rain down in <clears throat> fiery sauce amongst us, <laughs> making us obese and giving us high cholesterol as we plunge into the fiery depths of hell. Now, now, now I can't beat Jake's Alex Jones impression. I can't beat it, but I'm going to try. We got a review here. Got a review here from Patrick Son of Aaron. Six out of ten. Truth about this historical drama. The so-called Christianity presented in this movie is Kalein slash Theamic, not Christian. The false Christianity preached in this movie is knowing or not knowingly based upon the teaching of Aleister Crowley. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Love is law. Love under will. Satanist high bag is Aleister Crowley. Hollywood is a Luciferian industry. Full of black magic practicing Luciferian slash Satanists. Like those freaky people at Loma Linda. They practice lesser and greater magic. Mostly lesser magic. Some theurgy. The holly tree is the wood used by real witches to make 11-inch real wands for real witchcraft. Yes, the stuff the masses are programmed, hence television programming, to believe that this stuff is all fantasy. When in reality, witchcraft and sorcery exist as much now as in the Bible, with the staffs into snake and rivers into blood, the witch at Endor, and so forth. As North Koreans are held in subtly concerning new modern public technology, so are European societies held in spiritual subtlety slash censorship. You know all this? It's all legitimate, believe it or not. Uh, One out of 15. You know what? I'd believe if you told me he wrote that. It's it's just the fucking the jargon, the rapid fire jargon. Well, I think it's the the mentionness of like Luciferianism and Satanists just out of nowhere to describe any group of people that's convenient to just like just that that weird conspiracy topic that you just know way too much about. <laughs> 
There's just one mention of the uh, the what the the shady grove. What is the grove? The yeah, um, the Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove. There's just one Bohemian Grove away from outing himself as Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah, I love the fucking you know Bible. You know things in the Bible. Thing in the Bible. The witch at Endor. <laughs> the, four, the fourth moon of Endor. What? The forest moon of Endor. It's the fourth moon of Yavin. Oh, that's where the rebel base was. And uh, about the fourth moon of Gavin, my friend Gavin. Very high. Got four moons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so that's Jesus Revolution. <laughs> In six, and it's twelfth week. Avatar: The Way of Water still hanging on twenty three hundred theaters. Um, it has brought in two point two eight million dollars, or billion dollars, I should say. Um, yep. I mean, it has also brought in two point two eight million dollars, <laughs> but then whatever the difference, another a bonus, a, a couple uh, billion on billion. top of that, yeah, yeah, a couple billion, a handful billion. Um, opening in seventh, a movie that I did not know was coming out. And that I feel like I we saw a trailer. Totally want us. I if we saw a trailer, it must have washed over me because I know that Guy Ritchie has a movie coming out uh, later this year about like wartime in okay. Afghanistan or whatever. Oh right, yes. Um, the interpreter, right? Something like that. Uh, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Something like whatever. Whatever. Um, but this movie which looks far more like your typical Guy Ritchie movie, Operation Fortune, uh, Rue de Guerre, um, mm. is, it looks awesome, <laughs> to be quite honest. Mm. Uh, Jason Statham, uh, Carrie Elwes, and Aubrey Plaza, and Hugh Grant, all in the same movie. Like, it can't possibly go tits up. And it's yeah. it's a heist. It's got all the the hallmarks of a Guy Ritchie movie and Carrie Elwes. <laughs> it's always nice to see can't, him getting work. Can't lose to it. We might that you know if uh, John Wick Four isn't coming out till the end of the month, this might this might be in the cards. I'm fucking seeing it this weekend. <laughs> That's <laughs> if it's around here. Actually, I should I should look that up. Uh, but anyway, it opened uh, with three point one. Four million dollars. If I didn't mention that already, good enough for seventh place, and only twenty one hundred theaters. Uh, which is curious. Maybe it's the not a small release, but a mid release. Yeah. yeah, it is being distributed by Lionsgate, and they typically tend to put out movies in in like the two thousand theater range. Yeah, it looks like they kind of split their take here. Instead of putting all on one or this one or Jesus Revolution, they kind of uh, split the distribution. Yeah, yeah it's so kind of odd for a distributor to release two movies right on top of each other like that. So this, you know, this is the count. This must be the counterpoint then to the Jesus Revolution. Well, it's a Guy Ritchie movie, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's Jesus. It's Jesus versus woke Hollywood. <laughs> um, uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish in eighth, down from fifth. Um, 11 weeks, which is, again, it's just one week less than uh, Avatar, so it's it's quite surprising that it's hanging on this long. It's surprising even me at this point. Um, 
Yeah, especially because I think it it's now uh, on, available on demand. Okay. Yeah. Let me see if. Uh, I think it, it might be you have to like rent or buy it. Um, but okay, it's it is available. Oh, that reminds me. Um, Avatar is coming to digital release later this month. So, the amaz- amazing the turnaround time on that. I mean, the, I mean, obviously it's already in the computer, yeah. so not as much work that need to be done. But it's still just flabbergasted me from you know when you think about the days of film. Yeah, I mean, we're 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 we grew up at a time where. You know, it could take a couple of years for a movie to arrive on home video. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it looks like, yes, this is available on most streaming platforms at the $20 price point. So it's the premier price point. Yeah. Um, but around $2.7 million, bringing its worldwide gross to $454 million. Um, so, you know, good, nice, nice hit there for Universal Studios. Uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance was not quite the same level of hit for Warner Brothers, who's uh, always hard up for cash, it seems. Down 61.4% in its fourth week, down to $1.1 million, bringing in a fairly paltry $53.3 million worldwide. I, I gotta think that was still a moneymaker, but you did pay to bring in Selma Hayek. And she's still a name that probably commands a fair bit of extra money. Yeah. Um, and rounding out this pretty weak top 10 with a movie uh, that is sub $1 million for the week, but still somehow almost made a million dollars in its fifth week and also somehow exists. It's 80 for Brady. <laughs> Bring in $885 million. Um, and just under 1,500 theaters out of nearly, well, 902 theaters. I was going to say nearly 1,000, but that's a little little sensationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So some shout-outs here. Um, one, uh, the RRR fan celebration yeah. we release in, in 18th. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, apparently... Never left theaters. It's still going, baby. 50 They're weeks counting it strong. As, it, as its 50th week, not a re-release, you know, first week for for uh, awards. Um, lower da- down here, we got the Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon re-release, which came, is in its third week. Like, that's been out in is probably like a Fathom event, I'd guess. Uh, um, distributed as Sony Pictures Classics. Man, I... That might get me. In, I might want to see that in the theater. It's, if that's still around. It's only in twenty-four theaters, Peter. Yeah, crap. They're probably um, at like theme parks. Probably. Um, yeah. So that's those are just a couple couple quick shout-outs. Nifty. Yep. All righty. Let's talk now about some gaming news. News in, in mm. general. I'm just scrolling through the uh, the headlines, and uh, one of them was "Suck it up, Valve's gonna make us wait years for a Steam Deck 2. And I'm just like, it just it just Deck. came out not too long ago. Like, it's how- it's just it just last week, uh, 
celebrated its one year anniversary, but it hasn't really been widely available until the past couple of months. That's what I mean. I, I, I think they had like shipping shortages, like the pre-order, like to begin with. So like was off to a slow start, which is fine and dandy. It was COVID, whatever. Um, and then now they're like, oh, where's the second one, Steam? You know? Well, companies Keep like going. INEO and GPD are putting out handhelds uh, similar to the Steam Deck, mind you, for a lot more money. And I'm going to talk about a lot of this stuff when I finally formalize my Steam Deck review, uh, which is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, that are higher spec. Like, you can run more, like, recent AAA games on them better. But they're also, like, twice the price. And so people are like, well, Valve, can we get, you know, hardware that's kind of cutting edge? But the hardware on it for the experience that you're reasonably looking to target, I think will still make sense even in a couple of years down the road. And I'm I'm of in a particular use case where I think that I could ride out the first gen Steam Deck for a long time because I mostly load indie games or older uh, you know, AAA releases onto the deck itself and anything more power hungry I stream from my PC downstairs and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one who kind of uses the Steam Deck like that so I think the hardware is going to age just fine in it it's not like it's underpowered um, I think people's expectations of being able to run any AAA game at like you know medium settings and default on resolution your, your little cube yeah yeah is is maybe that's it's such a weird niche thing though i think to like have like a premium like a like like, let's say they they did make a steam deck 2 or steam deck pro that was you know double the price but you could run triple a games much better and it you know for whatever reason you wanted that um yeah i'm just like i I don't know how much the market is out there for it yeah well think of it like imagining someone playing god of war ragnarok on the bus yeah. Well, it's you just God of War a, actually it's a runs. Bit to me. God of War actually runs okay on the Steam Deck. You can get a I'm decent sure forty frames um, per second. It just it it's just one of those games. A lot of AAA games seem like the one that you kind of wanna you wanna sit down. Yeah, you, you know? would think not... so, but um, you know my experience with the Steam Deck, you know these pat this past month or so has kind of like changed my thinking a little bit on that it's not as absurd as it seems uh but yeah like as in terms of like a bite-sized you know i got 15 minutes on the bus let me jam 15 minutes of god of war ragnarok yeah i i kind of see what you're saying there Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm debating on getting one of those like neat little game boy emulators that have like the backlit screen and the preloaded like og game boy games and i'm like Oh, that could be the, fun to have. The Ein Odin, if you're in the market for a handheld that you don't need to run, like, you don't need, like, a Steam Deck, the Ein Odin is probably the best value device out there. Uh, it's about 200 bucks. It emulates anything up to, like, GameCube Wii pretty well. Yeah, that's how I was, I was like, look at it. There were even ones that went, went above and beyond, PlayStation 2 games and, old, like, older, like, GameCube, Nintendo 64 games. I was like, god damn. 
yeah the the those emulation handhelds are, are great and i almost bought an i and odin or one of like a retroid pocket three because i still wasn't convinced about how much like i'd use uh you know stuff on the steam deck that these other devices can't do but the steam deck runs pretty much every emulator pretty well as well you can even do some ps3 on steam deck which is pretty neat um but uh another other news kind of like really big deal tech news okay um intel has finalized um development of its upcoming 20 angstrom and 18 angstrom chip production processes which would usher in a brand new era of microchips on the angstrom yeah. scale um you know we've been on nanometers for a long long time and we've gotten we're down to i think tsmc has a three nanometer node now um i don't know what the yields are like or if it's being used in any mm -hmm. commercial products but getting down to the angstrom scales and it's 20 and 18 that's angstroms kinda... that's fucking small like to put in we're hitting like quantum effects are starting to well, yeah to, like fucking yeah, come say, into what... play once you get down to like, I mean, this is this is shit that I'm learning in like my nanotech, my nanotech concentrated master's course of like, theoretically, yeah, you could shorten a semiconductor down super low, but then you come into something called quantum tunneling, where for whatever fuck all reason, electrons start to just break physics, <laughs> and like. When you have the gate closed or uh, the, open, the rather. collision detection on atoms starts breaking down. <laughs> yeah, the electron is just like I. I'm. I'm just gonna go over there. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna clip through this through. wall real so quick. You have you have issues with like literally glitches happening with like electrons and causing current where you're not supposed to, and that's like one of the hurdles that they're supposed to be or trying to tackle. So the fact that they're able to like tackle those and actually produce a angstrom size, angstrom scaled semiconductor is awesome but yeah and like 20 and 18 these are really impressive numbers just to put it into perspective like i mentioned we're on like three nanometers now is the most but like for like we'll stick to desktop equipment so like the most recent uh amd ryzen generation runs on a five nanometer process node um back in That's 2011 not so long ago about 12 years uh, 32 nanometer was the new um, hot mm -hmm. process node. That's, huge. That's 320 angstroms. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that we're not even starting at like a 48 or 30 something angstrom node, we're going down to 20 and 18 right at the shoot here. Like if they can produce things with decent yields... Um, this could usher in a, this could be like the revival of Moore's law type yeah. gains in processing power. Yeah. And it, it produces, you know, this, it, yes, it's the next step. And it's also, um, one more step closer to the, the secret, the secret problem where computer scientists have to go, uh, we're hitting the limits of reality <laughs> um we have to figure out something else um but that's still you know probably a few decades off um so right now this is 
this is progress. This is the hot new shit. And uh, yeah, we're here for it. Um, I guess speaking of computers, computer stuff, um, the y'all know Mega Man Battle Network near and dear to my heart. Um, they are releasing the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Oh, I did see that, and I did think of you when I saw it. I, I appreciate that. Coming uh, April 2023, it is all 10 of the Battle Network games um, with online online multiplayer. Uh, they brought in the <laughs> all 500 of the Japanese-only chips, um, which, you know, most people playing... MMBN at this point, I think, are all playing on emulator, so they've probably had a, a little bit of experience with that. Um, some new skins, some more tracks, you know, everything in once. It's a it's a Mega Man compilation pack classic. You know, they do these for all their series. Um, this one also has, like, as its kind of feature, it has the Buster Max mode. I don't know what the hell this is about. Um, I don't I don't know what they're aim is with this but it just makes your mega buster literally a hundred times more powerful <laughs> i don't know if that's my brain says oh okay your mega buster is more powerful but you can't use chips so it's like buster only and that's how you compensate for it or it's just super easy mode yeah because I, I, when you said that it kind of reminded me of like um the shining force remake on gba where they added in Narsha, who has a a spell that can just buff your whole team's strength, which puts it on easy mode, and then they gave uh, yeah. Max the satellite spell, which he did not have in the original Genesis <laughs> game, which really made a joke out of several fights. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's because all the games are here together that they just, like, here, use this option and just get the fuck through the story. Um I I don't know. We'll see we'll see how it goes. I I might get this and and play through them all again. We'll see. Um but love I love a good Capcom compilation video game collection. Not as much as Capcom loves a good Capcom video game compilation. <laughs> Capcom never misses an uh, opportunity to sell you a game again. <laughs> nope. They'll sell you the same boss in the the game that they sold you twice. <laughs> You play it once, and then you play the boss rush. All right, one last little little nugget of news here. Uh, Kai Sinat. Is that how you say it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Kai Sinat. Um, he has surpassed Lulig's subscriber record to become the new most subscribed channel on Twitch, uh, surpassing th- more than 300,000 subscribers during a month-long subathon in February. Yeah, he really grinded for that. He was like going for like he was streaming for like a month straight nonstop or something like that, and um, he like rented out this massive house, this mansion, um, and then just did a big subathon and had a bunch of guests on. Um, pretty cool. Um, he'll get a nice paycheck out of that. But um, the problem with subathons, so a little like Twitch insider. And Ludwig even responded to this um, because he did his subathon and then he like fell off. It didn't really help his viewership. Um, it, people were subbing just for the subathon, and he actually t- 
turns out he didn't really gain any consistent viewers. So over the next month, it like his viewership went right back down to where it was. So all that effort into like making himself grow was only a momentary blip, and he he like he kind of didn't like it because the uh, the content was really mid and it was grueling to stay up all that time. Um, but Senat's different. I think it's getting his name out there. More and you still and get paid for those subscribers, even if they fall out afterward. Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to get nice. Like I said, he's going to get a nice paycheck for sure. Um, it, it just might go back down to the normal viewership that he had before, but it might not. I mean, he is definitely a different, different uh, streamer than Ludwig. Um, he was just doing some shit in his room. Um, and it was kind of spur of the moment because he, he said he was, um, he was on bed rest. He, he just got his appendix removed. So he really couldn't go out and do anything. So he just did a subathon. But Kai has made a more of an event out of it. So I think if viewers are like, oh, shit, this is the type of content I want and will come back for. He might actually uh, gain viewers out of it. I uh, certainly like the new um, like up and coming like hot Twitch streamer that is kind of you know making a name for himself. So. Wish him the best. He, he should yeah, he, go far. He, he, got there, he got to 300K pretty quickly. He's only been streaming since on Twitch, at least, since 2021. So Yeah, yeah, he really hasn't been doing much. He kind of exploded. I don't know what made him explode um, kind of out of nowhere, but um, he's had a lot of like famous people on his stream too, which is, which is pretty interesting. Um, and pretty controversy-free. Like all the stuff that people can get him on is not really... It's kind of a nothing burger. Yeah, so there was yeah clean. in the article on PC Gamer they they uh, put in there that he had some controversy. I think last year when some other streamer accused a friend of his of having raped her, and he like mm. invited her to the situation that put them in the same spot. I don't mm. know if there's any credence or credit to that probably not if he just ran a month-long yeah. subathon and broke yeah. a record and no one tried to cancel him so yeah yeah his nose is probably clean, right clean of that um yeah he's been doing a good job i mean because you can slip into some sketchy territory with the amount of the cracking down on certain things um gambling and um kind of like hate speech that they're cracking down on um He's also a black streamer, and uh, black streamers are known to get hate-rated a lot more. So uh, good on him for having a good moderation community and staying in the game. Um, and he's not going to be moving to kick, so yeah, I mean, good on him because kick is the other, the, the kind of ugly side of streaming that is kind of rearing its head that it's like backed by gambling websites and it's uh has very lax and reduced um uh terms of service so there have been streamers that are uh streaming porn and streaming um the super bowl uh they, they fucking stream the super bowl and uh I mean, we're not sure if there's there's gonna be a lawsuit or not there probably will be the super bowl is available free to stream on CBS or whichever website for the yeah no but they they crack down so hard like you can't even show clips after the word after the fact yeah no you have to use like still it's... images to avoid strikes and whatever but you know congratulations yeah. to uh, Mr. Sanat um, 
many more or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> many, many happy returns. Guys, we just got to do a subathon. Get, let's just stream for a month long. I'd be, you know, if it were a situation where we could all like take a week off and come up here to the studio and do something over an extended period of time, I would mm-hmm. kind of be interested in, in doing something like that. Yeah, but Jake, you're not busy in August. <laughs> yeah. I will, but it's gonna I will get a lot have... harder. <laughs> hey, I'm live streaming me taking care of a baby live on Saturday Suds. I mean, that's I'm gonna be here all day. I mean, that's one way to stay up all night. Welcome to the nursery. Come by. Give it. Yeah, the baby's stuff. not gonna let you sleep, so might as well stream it, right? <laughs> I just chat. I just got hers. Hey, I just got him asleep. We'll do. Don't sub. It's gonna. It's gonna put an alarm off. Ah, oh, fuck. You know, no. I'll do that TikTok thing. Just in case anyone was worried, you know that little Joey Vito wouldn't be a part of the internet. Literally, their his first moments of life will be on. Will be recorded on camera, on the uh, on camera on the internet. It's you, fine. Their faces change enough to where they don't even look the same when they're older. So. Well, Joey Vito is where you're going to have to go through life uh, knowing that for all intents and purposes, his birth announcement came on a random episode of the Saturn Studs podcast. Yeah. He's just going to have to hold that L for the rest of his life. That's a W, well, baby. Well, yeah, we'll save that. What are you talking about? That, that's a podcast. That's going in the baby book. That, yeah, that's going in the baby book. He's going to watch. He's going to listen to that when he's older. He's going to be like, yeah. What the fuck were you guys talking about? <laughs> Uncle Kurt. This is what? boomer shit. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Uh, I can't wait till he calls he's, me a boomer. He's going to be what? He's, gen, so he's going to be what? Gen Alpha, right? I don't fucking know. I think it, we might even be past Gen Alpha now. Is he going to be a beta male? <laughs> he could be gen, gen Beta. beta. What? He's going to be a beta boy. It's okay. That skips a generation. Yeah. Um, but you know what doesn't skip a generation apparently is uh, boxing skill, as demonstrated yes. in Creed three. Threed. Threed, as it were. Um, yeah, I I've kind of dreaded this moment because ever since we left the theater, you know, I've talked was talking to Peter on on the ride back. I'm like, you know. Normally, I have the outline of what I'm going to say in the review in my head by the time I drop you off, but I don't really have a lot to say about this movie. Like, one way or another, it's it's perfectly average, uh, easily consumable content. Um, at the time, I had not watched the other two movies. I have, as of uh, like 4.40 this afternoon, watched the other two movies. Uh, you watched them out of order. Well, I watched three, I'm then one, then this. two. <laughs> he hit him with the three one. Two, so, yeah, so, so I can say that it's not as good as the other two. Gotcha. I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw the other ones, and that's what I had. Like, um, the only question I had, so maybe you'll be able to answer it, is, um, um, so this was this is the son of Apollo Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Like, why? Why did he like go to a group home? What? What? Why he was did he, the like, illegitimate son yeah, of Apollo so, Creed. Oh, an illegitimate son. So was that his actual mom? That's Apollo no, Creed's that's, wife. 
so his actual mom was like a deadbeat yeah and that's why he was in a group home oh okay so he just or he'd been in a couple group homes when you see him first in the first movie it's him in like juvie or something gotcha gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. all right well, I just want to start off with one thing. I just, I just got to start off with one okay. thing. The MBF-PO2 Gundam Astray Red Frame first appeared in Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Astray uh, in a series of manga no- novel and photo novels. Um, I was trying to relax, and these two fuckers are going on and on about Gundam in the group chat, and my phone's going, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah. So let me, a context for the context. Jake hits us with what he's reading to you now. Um, The middle of the night, which, which again, that's a classic move. I'm down with that move, so I went with it. It's like 9.30. I'm trying to love on my lady. (laughs) It was after, it was after I I finished Creed. I, I darted to my phone. I had the 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 he had the, uh, the model on download yeah i had the manners to wait until after the movie to a to courtesy we weren't extended in our yeah. watching of this movie so it, it's a prototype mobile suit um and it's got a distinct red armor red and white armor color palette and a very distinctive uh, v-fin uh, known mostly by its wearing of a katana on its uh, left hip. Uh, very cool Gundam. However, I will take you now to the official IMDb goofs. In the opening scene set in 2002, a perfect grade PG Gundam Astray Red Frame model kit is seen in young Adonis's bedroom. Did it autocorrect to Astray in the group chat? Because I was really confused because I thought I read Astray. I would never do that. I the gun. I thought you honestly knew this yourself. I didn't realize you went onto the goose page. Oh, I I mean, like when he was, it read like a cut and paste Wikipedia article. <laughs> so I cut I cut and pasted part of it, but I I knew a lot. I mean, I was reading the Wikipedia. I mean, I knew immediately what Gundam model it was from the when it popped up. And it looked like the model kit, not like the anime, which confused me even more. And now this is clarifying. This is actually the perfect grade, which 100% would not have been out. And we can confirm from IMDb, the Gundam Astray Red Frame did not debut in any media until 2003, while that particular model kit was not even released until 2009. So tell me, why the fuck was it on his wall in 2002? Also, in the opening flashback set in 2000, this is another trivia, a Naruto banner slash poster can be seen in Adonis's room. However, the poster is from Naruto Shippuden, which aired in 2007 and onward. Shippuden. Naruto what Shippuden? are these people doing? What are these these these, these people these are doing what Michael B. Jordan, the director of this movie, who likes anime, said to do. Um... He uh so yes this I should mention this this third one is Michael B Jordan's directorial debut. Um, yeah, first, so much like out, Sylvester yeah. Stallone before him, uh, he did not direct. He started directing in the third installment of the series, and um, the quality <laughs> takes a noticeable <laughs> dip in the third installment of the series. Um, that's mostly to say, I think. Uh, Kurt and I can agree that 
it's again, it's not that it's bad. It's it's just that it's missing like the the little sparkles, the twinkles of of nuance and detail that kind of uh, were present throughout Creed one and two. Yeah, that really gave it like elevated it more just that so much more. for me at least more so Creed one like Creed the first Creed I think is in like a category of its own. Uh, in terms of being good, like it's mm-hmm. as good as it's almost as good as Rocky, and it's probably a little bit better than Rocky too. Um, even if it is largely the same story as Rocky. Um, yeah, it it, it's a, it was a soft <laughs> reboot during the heyday of soft reboots. But like um, that movie was was really good. Had really great writing, really great acting, really great performances. Creed two, a little bit less so. I feel like they didn't do as good a job. They put a lot more focus on the other fighter, uh, but they didn't do a great job at least. I I wanted to see them develop Avon, like fresh Avon Drago out a little more as a character, which they didn't really do. And they didn't really or do... Victor Drago? No, I haven't. Oh, like, okay. Victor, they didn't do a whole lot with him either as a character. Uh, except you know he, he him being mad at the world, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it uh, it it was certainly still I think a step up from this. And like Peter said, I don't I wouldn't necessarily I would stop short of calling it a bad movie, but like the, it is the perfect uh, like definitional for me five out of ten movie. Um, it doesn't particularly excel at any one thing but it doesn't have any like show-stopping flaws unless you're weirdly into gundam and naruto uh facts look i just point that out because if he is such an anime fan continuity would be an important thing to keep and if you're gonna set your flashback in 2002 make the anime that he's into be that of 2002 it exists. You can do it. I mean, shit. Gundam's been around for fucking. And ever. I'm pretty sure Naruto, so just, at least had like the manga was out it, then. Well, no. I mean, they could just do Naruto. Like Naruto Shippuden is what it turned into. I think later on, I'm pretty sure at least the manga was out. You could definitely do that. But then Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball would have been right up his alley. Yeah, and uh, GT would have been airing in the U.S. at the time. GT would love it. I mean, that's that's all his shit. I'm pretty sure, like, I don't even think Gundam is like on his top favorite animes. Like, he has a he has a garbage tier list for like top anime, but we won't talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. we, he likes he's a One Piece fan. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, there's gotta be a lot of them because they keep making it. <laughs> so people's people's be reading it. <laughs> yeah. They keep Chapter, because, what, 1,200 at this point? Something like that. Because Oda just doesn't quit, and he has to get the one piece out there. <laughs> Eventually, somewhere down the line, get the one piece out there. Yeah, I mean, like, is the one piece real? Because they've been looking for it for an awfully long time, and they haven't found although, it. <laughs> although, apparently, in the timeline, it's been a span of months these 1200 chapters encompass a number of months impossible they were fighting crocodile in the desert for like a year (laughs) 
<laughs> it's this it's the final form of Dragon Ball Z tournament timing. <laughs> classic the classic uh thirty minute five minutes. The five minutes on Namek. But to be fair, what does Frieza know about the length of an Earth minute? <laughs> I like that. That's like a that's almost like a, a Kessel run in twelve parsecs kind of deal. Yeah. Love it. Um So I'm gonna I'm gonna immediately rescind what I just said about him having garbage <laughs> anime list and just say one piece is bad. Okay, what all right, so what's corrected? What's assuaged the other your four, issues? Um and well, I'm not a Naruto fan. I did watch it a while ago, but I know it's super popular. I mean it's basically just the like most popular anime, except for that of Hunter x Hunter. Uh, so he had one piece. It's Hunter Ball cross Z. Hunter. It's Hunter Hunter. Um, Naruto Bleach, which goaded, uh, and then Hunter Hunter. Are his are his? I. He said starting five because I'm pretty sure the question was like, if you had to give like an anime list to like somebody who doesn't really watch anime, like what would you give to like. It might have been like a starting that, five, as in a basketball starting five. That's that's a pretty good starting five. Yeah, I don't know what the, what the exact question yeah. was, but mm-hmm. whatever it was, I mean, those are those are solid animes. Whether you're yep. starting off or you're an I, avid anime watcher. I also saw, so I saw this. Uh, this is like breaking news, I guess. Um, this is probably one of those McConnell like fell too, huh? You heard Mish McConnell fell too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I heard that on NPR this turtle, morning, I'm like, oh no! Back. What a shame. Someone, Hope he doesn't have someone. any complications. Yeah, pray um, for whatever made him trip. But no, this breaking news is probably one of those things where he said like a thing in the inter- the interview with someone, and they spun it into a whole news story. But nonetheless, uh, the title here of this article. Uh, Michael B. Jordan's Creedverse will expand with an anime series. So they're going to do like a Netflix like American anime adaptation for some for some Creed adventures. You know what? It could work. Uh, what's it? Yeah. Tiger- I mean, with, with how this the fight in this movie went, the final fight, I could see what how that would turn into an anime. So I watched the first two, like I mentioned, because when when Peter and I were watching this movie, like that opening fight was so bad like there was a moment where there was so much cg going on i turned to peter like is this a fucking video game and because the fights they smooth them over with uh cg yeah and they're like composited in into the background but the the other two movies they it really looked more like it was just uh them in front of a green screen rather than um like this level of CG chicanery. So, uh, and the fight at the end was much better. They obviously didn't put as much time and money into this opening fight, but it was it was pretty rough looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's a good enough segue into the in the film. Um, so, yeah, there's some note again. Some of the noticeable differences are um, again the fights. The product placement, there's a lot more of that in this movie. Or a lot more noticeable to me. I'm sure there's sometimes, product placement all th- throughout the other two. Yeah, but Sometimes it, product placement gets a bad rap. But sometimes I think it helps bring a certain authenticity to things. Like, you know... Sure. 
it's like how Ghostbusters was in Wired, you know? Yeah. Right, where it's kind of putting them in context as like uh, this phenomenon in the in our everyday world. Like with the Showtime boxing, you know, you actually had Mauro Ronaldo doing the call on that. Um, yep. You know, the ESPN first take bullshit with Stephen A. Smith, like that. It's a thousand percent believable. Some bullshit they'd pull. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I, I was fine with that stuff. That, um, I couldn't tell if I liked that Showtime bit or not. Like it was, it was a neat. It was different for sure. Like to actually put like a a smash documentary like opening thing. Um, that was they. They kind of did thing. that a little bit in the Creed two. Yeah. Oh, um, Creed two actually a little bit in the first one too. I think because he's watching the uh, like twenty four seven documentary on the yeah, uh, gotcha. the super fight that um, was supposed to happen in the first movie um, until uh, they they broke the other guy's jaw on the the way in. Yeah, it's just a little bit of a creedism. <laughs> well, like I um, like I said, I think it adds a certain. Uh, or the authenticity, it does kind of mm-hmm. date the movie in a way that Rocky isn't dated because it didn't, you know, focus on like the television presentation of it. Um, right. But I, um, I don't mind it. That's like it's well, there's some that are better than others. Like that stuff, I'm fine with. I agree that I think that's just a piece of context that makes sense. You know, they're living in the modern sports world, and this is how modern sports are done. Um, but then there's other ones. Um, so. And also, also segue into the plot while we talk about this. So the plot is, he meets uh, his estranged, uh, like a brother, childhood friend, Damien, or Dame, as he as he gets called, and uh, they start to reconnect. He was, uh, you know, Creed ascended the ladder and became the heavyweight champion of the world, or the light heavyweight champion. He was both at one point. They they flip flop because in he the, the unified yeah. in the first movie. He's fighting for the light heavyweight championship and he loses. And then in the second movie, he's the heavyweight champion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's acts on some muscle mass. He's um he's climbed the ladder. But he's certainly uh, not a heavyweight. The mountain of a <laughs> yeah, and fought the mountain of a man, Victor Drago. The the actor um, who plays Victor Drago, just to give you some context, if you haven't seen any of these movies and you're this deep into the review and haven't seen uh, Creed three yet um he's going to play brick in the borderlands movie so just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes very true he's like got a yeah he's got like a foot uh, he, he's got like six inches and 50 pounds on this guy <laughs> like they they are not in the same weight class and if you watch creed 2 he's a much better boxer as well he just lost because he got bad coaching he should have played the rope-a-dope when he was so far ahead on points <laughs> but the drama uh so any case yeah creed's at the top and dame had to he was in prison for 18 years on yeah. On a weapons charge with some priors. Those must have been some priors. Yeah. <laughs> like um, to be away. That one's one of those years. details where you're like, all right, see now if it was like a if it was like a marijuana charge, I'd be like, Oh, okay, that's like a commentary you know, it's a commentary on how trumped up drug charges are used to keep, you know, well it's kind of like and such. um and this is the only time anyone will ever draw this comparison. Um this movie's like American History X. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's that a is a comparison no one else would There's think. a scene in American History X when Ed Norton's character is in prison, 
Um, and he's in prison because he like shot and curb stomped the shit out of some some black dudes that right. were looking. That to... was an, like an iconic scene. Yeah. So he's in prison. He's on laundry detail, and the guy he's on there with is a, a black inmate, and they're talking about you know the what are you in for thing. And um, the guy he was talking to was in for like six years on uh, like a petty theft charge and he's like bullshit you got six years on that sort of thing and it like kind of opens his eyes like yeah the justice system doesn't always work equally for everyone in america yeah um so in that regard if if that's kind of what they were going for uh that's one thing and it kind of washed over me but they're like 18 years i was like yeah sure and then like halfway through the movie i'm like wait a minute he went away 18 years on a weapons charge yeah. yeah right he didn't even um, shoot anyone. <laughs> kind of crazy. He also wasn't the only one involved. Like the other people. Yeah, it was a physical were, altercation. They, you, you know, you could argue in defense of parts. another. <laughs> like he, yeah. he must not like, have had a very good lawyer. Well, he probably had a public even, defender. Well, if you... sometimes public, public defender defenders aren't bad. A lot of people, a lot of good lawyers, take a public defender That's case because they have to do pro bono, bono yeah. work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, regardless, for however that shook out, which, you know, again, that's not the, the point of this. The point is that he's 18 years, so he's out, and they're reconnecting. And um, they're in, at one scene, he comes over, Dame comes over for dinner, and um, there's this kind of tension in the whole thing, and they're, they're meeting in private in his office where Dame is asking him, I want, you know, I've just come back, and, you know, I have no record, but I, I want to shot the title, and that's like a tough ask. But as they're doing this, um, he pours him a shot of Hennessy, or pours him a, a drink of Hennessy, and yeah, yeah, and for me, like this was That's the this was the product placement that like that put me off because it just cuts to this really nice glamour shot of the Hennessy bottle, and they they're nicely framed and they pour it with it facing right into the camera. It's like I'm I'm fancy. I was gonna say I'm Michael. I'm John Creed. I'm they linger he, on it too. Yeah, and, and I'm sorry. I I was like. I was like, Hennessy, do you know how much this guy's supposedly worth and he's still drinking Hennessy? When he li- when you have a favorite drink, you have a favorite drink. If he mm-hmm. likes Hennessy, he likes Hennessy. I'm I'm and, sorry, but you you, just, you got a favorite drink until you have a better drink right. and then that's your favorite drink. But to drink. be fair, especially um, when money's not an issue. <laughs> you know, the the character of Creed is like his attitude and his presentation is the young money kind of braggadocious up and comer and that, you know, Hennessy is definitely like a symbol of that lifestyle. And he's like still kind of in touch with that's like wealth is a very recent development for him. And he's always, yeah, the new money. And he's kind of like, you know, especially with, with Bianca as his wife, kind of like, you know, like I got to stay in touch with my roots kind of guy. Yeah, that's kind, of, and that's you know that's a point in there where he's like, you aren't you aren't hood any you aren't hood anymore. Like, yeah, you're. I'm from you know, and that's how Dame comes in. He gets introduced. He's always from Crenshaw. He's from the Crenshaw um, section. He's from South Central L.A. You know, historically mm-hmm. tough neighborhoods. Yeah, um, so it's like that, and then like the the Ralph Lauren um, uh, shot where it's the it's Ralph just, Lauren ad, yeah. It's just him on a big Ralph Lauren poster, you know, and then there's the DZ 
or the 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 DZN or whatever uh, ring gear DZone. where yeah the DZone. well the DZone thing that kind of goes along with the Showtime and the HBO because they carry a lot yeah. of boxing mm-hmm. well, and th- apparently that's, that's they the... I guess there's a I you threw this out there and I don't know if it's true maybe they have a deal with you know their own announcer and they don't use the uh, who is the name of the guy who Michael Buffer. Uh, yeah, they don't. Well, I know they didn't have Michael Buffer for this one. They had him for the first yeah. two. Uh, that might be a budget thing too, because I know Michael Buffer charges a ton for appearance fees, which is sure. why UFC doesn't use him. They use his brother Bruce, who is now arguably <laughs> more famous than Michael Buffer. Um, and I know a lot of people when AEW was starting up, because WCW for pay per views at least would hire out Michael Buffer. Um, they asked Tony, "Are you going to do that?" It's like now with how much he charges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that's like where plays a delicate balance of like keeping that realism versus product placement and when you do watch a boxing fight you are blasted with product placement this is what it was trying to simulate <laughs> watching a boxing yeah, that, event that purse TV. doesn't fill itself <laughs> yeah and you gotta have product placement so i during the fights i didn't mind it that that was you know, it was interesting to point out which ones they chose. Like, yeah, you go to a, a baseball stadium or a football stadium, it's ads, wall-to-wall. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get stuff. So that that's okay. I um, did find it interesting, and I don't know if this is the case at Dodger Stadium. I've been, but not, like, to the dugout tunnel, where they just have the symbols of all the other Major League Baseball all teams. The teams. Yeah. I'm like, why would they have that? Because like, at first it was just teams in the NL West. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's how they like arrange it to show the standings. But it just kept going. There was teams from the NL Central. There were teams from the AL East. <laughs> yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, so I I went into this movie wanting like one thing, and it seems like maybe this isn't the thing that carried over. Michael B. Jordan didn't carry over. Maybe because he wanted his face to look prettier and didn't want. Jonathan Major's face to look too bad. When you're boxing, you're gonna get bruised up. You're gonna look a little rough. Oh now. yeah, well in the first two and movies, he got the shit fucking kicked out. Of him. I know yeah. he did. And like in the old Rocky movies, yeah, come in, Mick. Have, they'd have to cut my eye, Mick, like the classic line. And they just have bruises on their cheekbones, and they are wailing each other. Yeah, it's really in the face time and time again and they are just there's no puffiness it's just a little bruise they get a little bit of blood they spit it's kind of bit. funny that you and mentioned you it. scraped him with your elbow yeah it's it's kind of funny that you mentioned it because like uh dame's dirty boxing is like the only time that physical damage gets shown on a fighter and it's like not even close to as bad as what was in the first couple movies no <laughs> I thought they were going to, like, show a dislocated shoulder, and then they just never went with it. Oh, yeah. And you could imagine, like, like, you know, the kind of the kind of injury you see when someone, like, tears a peck. You know, that just yeah, that discoloration that all huge... up and down. Yeah. Um, I mean, the I think I think the thing that sent it home for me was the tooth. <laughs> Him punching out a tooth. Yeah. And he it, he like, pulls the mouth guard, and the tooth comes with it. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I, I and I was like, hey, I know what that feels like. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Peter can attest. I was right there with you, Jake. I was like, nope, nope, do not like. Do not like. <laughs> I was like, ooh. And they put the drilling sound in there, too? That's good. That was a solid moment. That was, like, palpable recoil. And um, that was solid. But then later, 
when they're both wailing on each other. So yeah, this is this is the with, like, end bruises. fight, right? The end fight. The end fight when when Jonathan Majors and um, Jonathan uh, Majors, who's looking like fucking Balrog from Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, just the 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 Creed antagonists have been quite large, except for maybe Creed One. Dude, like the fucking halfway through this movie, like when Victor Drago shows up in this movie, and I get like my eyes on his like physical stature for the first time. I'm like, I fuck Creed versus Dame. I want to see Drago versus Dame. That's the fight I want to yeah. see. <laughs> Heavyweight okay, showdown. So- yeah. Um I guess we'll um get into some other like might as well. Spoiler uh, bits, like the but, quick um, rundown. They're they're friends yeah. and then they become enemies. Uh he does you know, he pulls uh, uh Damien pulls some uh shady shit to get into a fight with Creed or to get yeah. the title he shot. Tanya Harding's, he Tanya Harding uh he's Drago. Yeah. Like he gets his friend to give him the Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> and no one does Which background a- check. On the guy that assaulted like that, a Victor thousand Drago. percent would have come out. <laughs> Which is a wild leap. Like that is a wild leap to go from. Also, you're talked up. Like, yeah, he's a rookie, but he's like been in the circuit. He's like a pro boxer. To this random guy out of jail, who's good at like, nobody knows what he can do. It's like. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. It's, that was I mean, that's a point that he throws up. He's like, "Well, you came out of nowhere." Yeah, they're trying with, to like, pull the Rocky show boxing in Mexico and you became the champ. Yeah, they're trying um, to pull the Rocky He's trying to manipulate him story. with the Rocky story and like his story kind of paralleled that, but uh in in Creed's case, Sedonis's case, Donnie's case, it's a little bit different because he got brought up as a potential opponent once it came out that he was a Creed. Although he did also beat the right. number four ranked light heavyweight, so that would logically mm-hmm. put him in contention. Yeah. And he didn't even want to do it. That's the... You know, uh, not at first, like, no. Yeah. Not under the name Creed, at least. Right. It was kind of... He had to be pushed into it. So, yeah, so they um they fight. Or, no, he's a championship. He's a classic heel. He does a heel championship run. And then they do the. That they don't they do show the any of it. They they I feel like they needed to show him winning more fights and talking shit about Adonis because they like the how they fit that into the movie is on first take. Stephen A. Smith just bef- <laughs> won't let him get a word in and just like rattles <laughs> off all the all the all the terrible things Dame's done and said about him in the past uh, few times because it's important to note like Peter gave the summary their friends they become enemies but um they were enemies like when he went to prison because he never stayed in touch of course his mom hid the letters from him so pulls that shit out the most inopportune time kind of her fault i guess i don't know but anyway dame holds a grudge against adonis because uh, from his perspective he's had to sit in prison and watch adonis live his dream um so he's he's bitter and, and angry and using about his, that. the skills that he supposedly taught uh, Adonis. Yeah, even though I saw him get get his shit wrecked, and then Rocky taught him how to box. But yeah, <laughs> you know, and then and then they I liked what they did with Bianca with um, Adonis's wife, Bianca Creed, played by Tessa Thompson, and they kind of mirrored that relationship with her. 
uh, where she's no longer singing anymore. She wants to preserve her hearing, much like boxers sometimes bow out before they have irreparable brain damage. Mm-hmm. And she wants to preserve her hearing. So he's like, how does it feel watching somebody else take your spotlight? Even And you're just in the background. Nobody's looking at you. They're looking at her. Like He wants a spotlight. He wants that fame and, and glory where you know she's kind of okay and so was adonis for that like he was okay just being in the background being a, fa- a family man mm-hmm. and kind of running the gym um so that was really cool how they kind of mirrored the the relationships yeah. they brought her in there they, that oftentimes gets overlooked with uh especially in the rocky movies like the the wife was just ah just another broad i i don't know if i would agree with that but we, we won't litigate that just another broad i will say that in i feel like in all of the rocky movies like or not the rock on all the creed movies um the relationship drama seems kind of forced in some respects yes like in in the first creed when he punches the headliner at her show like she's understandably very upset with him um and that rift makes sense and then you know his rift with rocky in the first one also kind of makes sense it's a little looser um and he says Mm -hmm. no it's in rocky 2 he says some fucking heinous shit that rocky or creed 2 yeah when he's he says a comment about throwing in the he makes a comment about how he didn't throw the towel in for um apollo and it's oh, like yeah. dude why would you fucking say that to the guy like he doesn't already feel bad yeah. about it <laughs> like it hasn't been haunting him these years like he, that, that's literally the reason why he's here trying to fucking stop you from making this this suicide play yeah did did rocky die in creed 2 no <laughs> no he he goes he up to up, vancouver like, to to meet up with his make up son, with his son. And, and meets his that's grandson probably Logan. what he's doing in this movie okay yeah yeah i didn't know because he, he was never he barely mentioned in this one because and i thought thought i could remember he had like a heart attack or he had a he health had lymphoma issue in, yeah in creed 2 or creed 1 or creed 2 and um i, I don't know they kind of they kind of did a kind of the same thing with uh the mom here yeah um, well the mom like, was he, he said some he said some heinous shit to the mom and then then she ended up dying. The mom thing was like out of nowhere because he like goes back to the quick mart where he, where it all went down, and then he's like reliving the moment out of nowhere. He gets a call from his wife being like, "Your mom had a stroke. It doesn't look good." And you're just like, "Where the fuck did this come from?" Yeah, where's that's, where's that's the hospice care? Like, where's the at home nurse? Like, you know, she doesn't want to move out of the house, but can't you just put like you you literally at your mansion? At your uh, your your city house, your penthouse, have so I see those servants cooking your food. Yeah, I know you can afford people to help also, out around it. Can't you afford she's someone living to take care of your mom? in fucking Apollo's old mansion. You mean to tell me that she's living there all by herself? You don't get, she doesn't have no help around the house. <laughs> oh, she's got she's got like a living like maid probably. I would could, hope so. could have a living nurse. nurse. <laughs> No, I think I think it is a nurse. Well, it's somebody's handing her. My great the, aunt had a live-in seat. nurse, and she said she was in like a hundred-year-old house in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's where I think I see some of the flaws in this movie in a relatively balanced movie and entertaining thing to watch. Um, 
it did seem kind of forced in a lot of places. The the mom dying, the um, the push to get Dame in there like right away, and having no other options, which I don't. This believe. this like, movie to me feels um, almost like very late in production. They got an edict that the movie was too long, and they had to find fifteen minutes to cut out of it. Also because this is the shortest of the three. The other two both ran two plus hours. Yeah. Um, yeah this so it was under two yeah. hours counting credits. Yeah. Um I will say yeah, so yeah, it's a it's a little compressed. Um they probably could have used uh, some pacing some stuff, moments but I will say definitely didn't get a chance um, to breathe, yeah. Yeah. But like we said, this is not a it's a mid movie. It's not so a bad I movie. Point no. out yeah. I should point out some of the pros, like Jonathan Majors. Um, it's apparently I think it's just how he acts. It's his it's his style, but his facial expressions and that kind of nervous energy he brings to every scene, especially as the uh, the I guess the antagonist, who even from the start you're not sure of his intentions. It does ratchet up the tension very effectively. He yes, he had a yeah. very intimidating and intense screen presence in this movie, um, and you know, to Michael B. Jordan's credit, as a director, especially a first-time director, um, the way he utilized framing and the score to kind of create this aura of every time he's on screen you're really kind of uncertain about what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, he says that, yeah, I was going to get launched into a thing about like how he, he said he was going to go after Creed's family, but then it never really goes after Creed's family. <laughs> like when, when yeah. he got the yeah. call at the quick Mart, I was expecting to hear that. Like he had broken into her house and I don't know, roughed her up or like put a scare in her or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or tried to, like, or, yeah, or, you know, something slipped about the letters, and he wanted to find the letters, right? That would have been, yeah. like, a thematic connection there. But nope, stroke, but, yeah. which was the thing that just they, they kind of, happened between movies, and we're, we're to accept that she's she's stroking now. <laughs> I mean, they all in all, they kind of played, I mean, I think it, to the movie's credit, they kind of played uh, Dame as, as more of a... Um, a, a conflicted, uh, but character that you could definitely like. I found myself with. rooting for Dame more than Adonis in a lot of situations. Yeah, like, sure, he's he he's been he's doing some not so great stuff. The I mean, I mean you can he's done a couple bad things. He kind of rigged that whole setup by breaking the guy's hand, so he'd be the one fighting, and then he fought a little dirty. He he did fight dirty. Um, where, who knows, maybe if he didn't... Oh, he, he completely would've... overmatched his opponent, even without the dirty fighting. It, yeah, so there's that element to where he didn't really do all that bad stuff, and he just wants to become the champ, rightfully so, and he does have this kind of... Dude lives his dream. Like, how can, you, how can you hate yeah, a guy and, living his dream? The, <laughs> and even the end. So we, you know, they have their climactic fight, and... Creed wins um, after that whole sequence, and they he after the fight he goes back and they see each other as if like Dame is now going to fade back into anonymity um, and become <laughs> a nobody again. 
Um, he's like, he'll never know, challenge right. for the title. He has ever. to move on and like, you know, make up, pick up the pieces of his career now. And but Creed's like, I'll be there for you. But I'm thinking in my head, like, you became the champ. You had two amazing, like, you know, super fights. You know, real, cr- real crowd gatherers, real barn burners, and you've made a name for yourself in a matter of months. You are now a professional mm-hmm. boxer. Whatever happens. Um, I'm sure you'll get another shot at the title. The only thing uh, kind of working against him is his advanced age, but that really didn't right. seem to be a factor. <laughs> no. Yeah. In fact, that would be like a, that's, a, yeah. Re- and, you know, if this were a, a re- <laughs> if this were in real life, that would be like a crazy draw. Like this old, this old fighter out of nowhere who can like rumble with the, with the best. Yeah. Like, that's a story. Um, but yeah, so there's some, you know, as, as with all the Creed movies, there's some good, uh, there's some good straightforward symbolism, you know, visual, visual metaphor, uh, lots of stuff going on there. You know, it can, it, it's as simple as stuff like where he and Creed are, are in different, uh, on different walls of the locker room and they're different, uh, shaded with different lights, you know. One, you know, Creed's in the the orange the, the orange glow, and Dame is in like the dark blue hues, you know. And you're like, oh, that's a symbolism. I get it. Um, yeah. So it's uh good stuff. Should I guess we should we talk? Is that what's there to talk about the fights? Um, there's there's not a whole lot to break down, um, except that they're kind of awkward looking. At times, um, they well, we should talk about the the battle on the astral plane. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they do. He definitely does an anime moment where now they both phase out to the um, yeah yeah. Now the astral Creed realm. is no stranger to these kind of reality bending editing during the fights. I it occurred. I'm sure you remember during Creed one like. When during the fight in that one, like for one round, like the lights go dark and stuff sort of like fades out. Yeah. And it kind of was like, oh, what is this? And then it, you know, fades back in. So it was just like one kind of moment. Some of it and feels like those... it's kind of like a visual representation of him focusing in on his opponent. Mm-hmm. And this is that just, but just taken to the next level where the crowd disappears. You know, the crowd goes away. I get that. Um, it's just you know, you know it's just hit him in the yeah, he and Dame. I was like, but it was, it was like it it was more than usual, and then the and then the the prison bars come in. Yeah, that when the like, prison okay. bars came in, that's when it got a little like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> I thought it could be done slightly better with like maybe them going back to the crowd with a big punch at the end, but. They just did the whole round, which I guess you know it's it's a probably one or the other. It's it's not. It's just. A I mean, it at least the, it broke up the was, visual monotony yeah. of it a little bit, yeah. so I can't right. really give it sure. too much slack. And the question that that every director has to ask in every Rocky movie is like during the fights, you can't show all twelve rounds. How do you move through to all the important bits of the fight um, and give the you know kind of tell communicate to the audience that you're skipping around to the the highlights. 
and this was that way where um that whole sequence was supposed to represent all the middle rounds where they just they're just slugging at it for yeah round after round after round yeah and like and, i mean for a first time effort for a first time director it is it's surprisingly functional um and there's yeah. there's even some like really pretty pretty interesting shit in in terms of visual flair so i mean if yeah. i'm sure if they have an idea for a story there'll be another one and i'm sure it'll they'll, be fine probably going to do the the drago spin off they're going to do the netflix series um and so as part of this um i i don't think we mentioned it at all during this um why sly stallone was not in this um couple things so one he didn't agree with the creative direction for this movie and two um there he was i guess i think he was upset or there was some dispute over um the director david winkler using the rights to or like uh using the rights to his work without his permission or something like that yeah um so he's he that's why he's like i'm out of this movie um you know and the the movie really and, missed him. Like the, yes. it's worse for not having him in the movie. Anyone who ha- who sees this and hasn't seen Creed one or two, go back and see it. Watch um, Creed one and like try not to cry. In some of his yeah. scenes, like that's it's peak. It's sliced on as peak rock. He gets lumped yeah. in with like the Schwarzenegger types of the world, but Stallone can act. Mm-hmm. It's he's got that like. I, I could go off. We should do, maybe we should just watch Rocky at some point so we could talk. Uh, I've about seen it. all six Rockies. Yeah. I'm ready yeah. to go whenever. I love Rocky. Um, so I haven't seen it. In a minute. Yeah. So maybe maybe we do the Guy Ritchie movie next week. Maybe we do Rocky next week. Maybe we I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. Watch we'll them watch. All, we'll baby. do we'll do Rocky Rocky month and a half where we watch all six Rocky movies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah! Now you're talking my language. Um, oh god, the the I'm smoking on that. The co- the cons the, the the mere concept in my head of watching Rocky Five again fills me with immeasurable sadness. Um, oh no, <laughs> it's not very good. Um, unlike the show, the show is very good, and you should continue to listen to it uh, and uh, subscribe to it on your uh, podcasting platform of choice. Check out satinsdoes.com for all other links, including YouTube channel, which has video versions of this podcast most every week when I remember to actually hit record on the video version of the podcast, uh, <laughs> which uh, sometimes doesn't happen. But uh, that's going to be a wrap for episode 357 of the Sounds Does podcast. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye.